Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Hello, W4CY listeners. Are you ready to learn the spiritual laws to success and wealth? Well, pack your virtual bags, because it's 1 p.m. Eastern, and it's time for the Traveling Investor Radio Show, sponsored by Cornerstone Investment Partners and REMAX Commercial Realty Partners. Fasten your seatbelts and get ready to get wealthy. And now, here's your host and travel guide, the real estate guru, Nitsan Mosery. Welcome, welcome, travelers. How are you? Happy holidays. Hi, Limor. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Um, I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, we had a, we've been having a, a great week. Um, I want to say happy holiday to all our listeners, right? We just uh, we finished with Passover. And we finished and with an Easter. Uh, Easter. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, you know, it's uh, my partner calls the holidays Eastover when they come Eastover, so close. Eastover, exactly. Eastover. Yeah, <laughs> right, it's yeah been, I was uh, married uh, to a Christian man, and I'm Jewish, so we used to celebrate everything. Yeah. Collaborative. Well, that's that's, uh, that's uh, my life in my house. You know, we do... Uh, you know, we don't hit, we don't miss any of the major holidays. We've got them all. You know, my wife yeah. is a Roman. My wife is Roman Catholic. I'm Jewish, and you know, the kids are growing up with the Hanukkah bush and Eastover, and you know, stories from from both sides. You know, I, you know, Jews. You know, all we have are stories, right? We have tons mm-hmm. and tons of stories. That's what our history is made of, you know. And, and Christianity with their stories, you know, every religion and and every culture, I think, has. Mm-hmm you know, tons and tons of stories that they tell. And, you know, 
How did they? How did yeah. stories used to be told way, way back then before technology? Right. Well, you know, on the rocks, they, yeah. On the rocks, right? Exactly. But you know what? Our kids are super spoiled because they get to enjoy all the holidays. They know no difference. So I know he's enjoying it, and um, it's hard for me actually, especially in America. Um, with a Jewish boy, the Jewish holidays are so punishing. You know, like you always have to like, um, com- you know, uh, uh, apologize for something either through fasting or through reading a book for an hour on Passover until you're allowed to eat a piece of egg <laughs> and some lettuce. So it's like there's so much torture around the specifically the Jewish holidays. Talking, living in- but no people. <laughs> So, yeah, it's always a, a challenge for me to entice him into a, a two-hour-long Seder versus Christmas presents and all the fun stuff that the other holidays offer. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and you know, but, but going, exactly. And, and my daughters are, are spoiled as well. They get everything. You know, they get the eight days of Hanukkah. They get Christmas. They get, you know, they, they, they get Passover. They get all this stuff. So they're, they're enjoying themselves. And, you know, it, it actually kind of, it's, it's very cool that we just came out of these holidays that have such incredible stories, right? Because way, way back then, before technology, right, the older people, the elders of the tribe, of the community would sit in front of a fire and they would tell stories mm-hmm. of the history, of, of, of the heroes, of the battles, yeah. of, the, of the good things, right, of the good harvest that they had, the celebrations. Mm-hmm. They would teach about yeah. the stars and, and agriculture and whatnot. And through time yeah. and through the advent of technology, storytelling has gone in a completely different direction, right? Yeah. Very, very yeah. rarely do we actually sit in front of people and tell stories today. Yes, right? it is a... Yeah, family time and the holidays allow that. And you know what? Specifically with um, Easter and Passover, there's some relationship between the two that I see because Passover represents the the freedom, liberation, and Easter is kind of the rebirth. Um, so even the fact that they're both leading uh, into each other it's kind of like the the ending of something, the ending of slavery and into freedom and then rebirth. So right. I see a spiritual meaning across the different religions. And, um, you know, also technically speaking, biblically speaking, you know, Jesus was Jewish, so the Last Supper supposedly was Passover, correct? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great way of looking at it, right? And, and that's the beauty of all this is that is that they come from stories. They come from stories yeah. told to people, and, and everybody adds their their little flavor and their little seasoning to it. And and I think that's and it's great that we have our the guest that we have today, right? Because he comes yeah. from the world of storytelling of of. Big, big storytelling, right? Not only of, of, of the way he created his life, right? But of the yes. business, of the companies that he worked for and the way they told stories, right? Yes, liberation to rebirth and storytelling, absolutely. Yeah, 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 it's great. So we're, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to introduce Alexander Reed and Travelers. You really don't want to miss Alex uh, and his story. Uh, he took a company yeah. from zero to 160 million in annual revenues in just uh, nine years. Okay, so he has a lot of stories to tell, 
and uh, we're going to come back. About that one, yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to go into commercial. We're going to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be back, and we'll have Alex Reed on the call. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Traveling Investor on W4CY Radio. Please take a moment to listen to the sponsors who have a secret message just for you. Don't leave. The best is yet to come. The Traveling Investor will be right back. I want to be rich. Oh, I want to be rich. Hey, this is Rebel Mether. Join me for In Your Face on W4CY.com, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Fiesta Pet Deli, South Florida's original and only fresh food deli for pets. We carry a full line of products like Bravo, Nature's Variety, and BioComplete. We have FDA-approved meals that are prepared daily. Stop by our brand-new store located at Sample Road and the Turnpike in the Festival Flea Market in Pompano, Florida, or call 954-971-2500. Check us out online at www.realfoodforpets.com. If your pet's overweight, suffers from skin problems, or you suspect food allergies, we have the solution. We also carry a large variety of pet strollers, bedding, apparel, collars, leashes, natural chews, and grooming supplies. Veterinarian-owned and operated, Fiesta Pet Deli's mission is to help every pet owner have the healthiest pet they possibly can. Call us today for local deliveries or shipping throughout the United States. Call Fiesta Pet Deli today at 954-971-2500. That's 954-971-2500. Attention listeners, we are preparing once again for takeoff, so please return your seats as W4CY Radio welcomes back your real estate guru, the traveling investor, Nitsan Mosery. Hey, travelers. Welcome back. Uh, this is Nitsan Moser, your traveling investor, and I'm here with Lee Moore from Dvash, Social Media Marketing. Hey, and we've got a great, great guest right now, um, a good friend of Lee Moore's. Uh, Lee Moore, why don't you tell us a little bit about Alex? Alex is better in telling about himself, but he's really amazing. I met him a few years back when he was the uh, COO of IPEC, and I interviewed him at a time for people of Delray as well. And he's just like the mind, the brilliancy behind the, you know, the way he operates and works. And um, yeah, so since then, um, Alex, you take on. <laughs> so Alex, Hi welcome guys. to the show. Yeah, man, welcome, man. Um, you know, I, I, I'm reading your, I'm reading your bio here, and uh, it, it's pretty impressive. It says that you. Uh, you took a company from zero to $160 million in annual revenues across 16 locations, 10 states, and in only nine years. That's like $18 million a year you made for this company. Yeah, it was a, it was a wild ride for nearly, you, yeah, just, just under 10 years. And you did it with an Australian accent. I did. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I came over to, to start the first one in Chicago in 2008 right around the time that Lehman Brothers failed, which was not a great time to open up a luxury theater concept. <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? But, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, someone's uh, misfortunes and, and down market is a, is a great opportunity for, for someone else. Absolutely, yes. yeah. So thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So what part of Australia are you from? 
Uh, I was born in Melbourne, which is, uh, for those of you that don't know, is south, um, sort of looks on Tasmania, which is a little island off, uh, off Australia, between Australia and Antarctica. And we've got about three and a half million people now. And beautiful city, beautiful city. I liken it to Chicago, but with better winters. Yes, yes. You know what? That, that, that's true. They have that in Melbourne. They have that big square, right, where people go and hang out in downtown, I believe, if I remember correctly. We do. I, I, we I, I've, been, do. I've been to Australia yeah. twice, and uh, I, I love Australia. You know, oh, if it wasn't I, so far away, I'd go live there. It is far, and but it's I worth, think the, worth the trip. Him, and Isaac recruited Alex, I believe, from Australia, right, Alex? Yeah, so... Yeah, so the uh, the the initial investors into America um, wanted somebody that had worked in the luxury theatre space. In Australia, it's called Gold Class. Um, and I had been running the Gold Class operations in, in Melbourne, um, which was, I think, 11, I had 11 or 12 at the time. Um, and they had a COO in America who'd come from Hard Rock, very smart guy, but he hadn't worked in the theatre industry before. So they brought me over here to pair with him and, and we kind of just went ahead and, and, and figured out how to do this thing in America and, and yeah, the rest was kind of history. Uh, we, we opened the first one on October 3rd, 2008 and Chris Isaac was our opening act. How about that? <laughs> wow. And that was the yeah. first luxury theater in America, right? Like the first full service kind of yeah. Blankness. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I mean, there was um, there was a couple of independent operators. There was one in Oregon, um, and a few others spatter, probably five. Um, but independent, and they weren't doing full service into a theatre. They were just sort of combining bar and food and and the movie going experience, sort of upping the ante. We took it to the full next level of full in theater dining and never leave your seat and call buttons like on an airline and that whole piece and sort of developed it from there. We did sort of four iterations after the last nine years, which was, which was really fun. And the first one opened in Boca Raton and then like how many are they up to now and how many locations? So there's 16 now. Um, and the last one was up uh, like North, uh, north of New York, and uh, the last three were in the in the tri-state area. So there was a New Jersey, one in Manhattan. Uh, there's Boca, obviously, which has been uh, that's also also where the home office was, uh, or is. And um, yeah, there's 16 in total, and and planned for many, many more. So uh, there's one coming up in Delray, and they recently went public as well, right? We did. We went public in January. And the, the Delray, I've now left, so I'm not sure what, what, when that's opening now, but I believe it's for the first quarter of next year. Nice. Well, yeah. so, so let me ask you, what was it about, you know, have you ever read the book uh, Blue Ocean Strategies? Yes, I have. Yes, I okay. have. And, the, and I, I listen to the podcast. Okay. So, so this to me is like a Blue Ocean Strategy or a Red Ocean, right? A Blue Ocean. Right, well, you, yeah. are, you, are you talking about the, the luxury theater market? Or, right, right. Yeah, well, when we started in 2008 in America, it was absolutely a blue ocean. Um, 
it very, very, very quickly, surprisingly so to myself and others, became a red ocean um, because mm-hmm. the majors just realized that, look, with the onset of Netflix and on demand and everything else, we need to change our game because we just can't, you know, keep doing the same thing, expect a different result. So um, very aggressively, you know, your AMCs, your Eagles, your Cinemarks uh, all started to do a, a very large, very expensive conversion um, of recliners and putting, getting licenses and upping their food ante to varying degrees of luxury. Um, so it, it did absolutely, you know, now it's a, it's a very different scene um, and a lot more competitive than it was, say, five, six years ago. Right, right. So that's uh, that's amazing um, uh, that that you guys were able to to find that. And for travelers, for those of you that that don't, have not read that book, that is an exceptional book to read. It is um, when you're starting a business, when you're looking to try to find your niche, how to find it, what to look for. And we'll get. I'll give you another example of Blue Ocean, Red Ocean. We had, uh, you know, we used to have the circus, right? And the circus was played out. You know, people didn't want to see the animals being hurt. People didn't want, didn't, were, you know, were tired of the regular clowns and the peanuts and whatnot. And then here you come with a company like Cirque du Soleil. They took mm-hmm. the concept of the circus, but they they flipped it on its back and twisted it and turned it inside out. But yet it's still a circus. They just upped it. Same thing with, with IPIC, right? You guys went into the yeah. theater business and you said, we're going to take this and we're going to throw it on its side we're going to clean it up. We're going to zazzy it up. And you created a whole new industry niche. You kind of disrupted that market in a way. Yeah. I mean, the initial premise of the whole concept was, listen, it's very common for everybody to go out to dinner and then go and see a film. And why, why is it that you, know, you can't combine the two? And that's exactly what we wanted to do. We're, we're basically combining the two. And under one roof, we gave you multiple different options. You could go to the bar, you could have dinner, you could see a film, you could just have drinks. Right. Um, and so it was kind of like one location, your night sold, much more much more exclusive. And also we wanted to up the ante on what this theatre going experience was because it had gotten a little tired and a little lazy, you know, and that happens to industries. So someone comes along and says, I think we can do this better. And that's what we were trying to do. And we got certain things really right. We also made a lot of mistakes, but that's, you know, that's just part of the, part of the journey of the rich tapestry of trying to change things as you go. Right, absolutely. And I'm sure you had, um, you know, besides the, uh, the fact that it was a completely new idea, um, you had challenges of the market crashing. Oh, absolutely. You had, you had challenges of, of going into a new market because you were doing this in Europe, uh, Asia, if I'm, cor- if I'm correct, and, and Australia. But, yeah, you know, coming correct. here, you know, a lot of times these, these European or, or whatnot ideas don't always catch in the U.S., right? They're a little different mentality and whatnot. Um, that, but, yeah. So go true. ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, no, no. no. I was just going to – you make such a great point because, you know, we, we knew the product very well because we'd executed it around the world. But um, you, you so oftentimes don't factor in how different the American consumer market is. And it is very different to the European market, very different to the Australian market. And you have yeah. to tailor it to the American consumer because they want what they want. And it's such a lucrative market. You know, there's obviously reason for doing so. But we had, we had just the general consumer. We also had a very large um, marketing and storytelling wall that we had to overcome because you've got to remember in 2008, Nobody understood why 
you would ever go to a movie and pay four times the national ticket price, right? Which is what we went into the market with. Right. And without a, without a working model, you know, a building to go, look, go and sit down and taste the food and everything else, that's a very large pitch. So we had a lot of people saying, really? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure about it. This is going to work. And, it, and honestly, we had a very, very slow start because at the same time as well, we had the economy just, you know, fall through the floor. Um, and, and the first thing to go generally is disposable income. So we had a very slow start. and We had to really figure out the model. But what that does is it tells you very quickly, listen, what is the elemental level of your business? What is it that you are trying to achieve? What is the message that you're taking to market? And how do you innovate that to fit the current um, sort of you know, state of affairs, which was really unheard of at the time? You know, so we were dealing with those three market pressures sort of simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. from Australia going, this, this, is, this is crazy. You know, like in Australia, you open the doors and people come. And here we've got to explain to people and right. tell the story and sort of do a pitch just to get a customer, yeah. um, which was well, really I remember. Yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. So based go ahead. on that, I remember when um, ITIC launched and everybody talked about it like, oh, that's the movie theater for the rich people. And it right. opened in Boca, which was, you know, applicable. But after people went and experienced it, the cost actually, when you compare going to a movie theater, by the time you buy the Coke and the popcorn and the hot dog, the prices in typical movie theaters are already high. So you're already looking at like a $50 ticket just to get that. So actually, I think with time, I think made sense. Absolutely. This is why we should have had Lima doing our PR too, because look at that. She just summed it up beautifully for us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's great. That's great. Well, um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear some from uh, our, our sponsors, and then we're going to come back. We're going to continue with talking about the IPIC and some of the challenges and kind of the systems you guys had in place and how you went about raising your money in a challenging economy. And then uh, we want to talk uh, about the Felix mission as well. So, travelers, stay Absolutely. tuned. we got some great info and great stuff with Alex Reed. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Traveling Investor on W4CY Radio. Please take a moment to listen to the sponsors who have a secret message just for you. Don't leave. The best is yet to come. The Traveling Investor. We'll be right back. I want to be rich. Hey everyone, I'm Jimmy Starr, the King of Cool and your host of the Jimmy Starr Show, the entertainment radio show for all you cool and unique people looking to get a behind-the-scenes peek at what's going on in the entertainment industry. Listen in as me and my cool crowd of co-hosts bring you celebrity guests, new music, and the good times in fashion, entertainment, and pop culture. Right, everybody? Right! Tune in live Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on W4CY.com. You can tell what's wrong with a car just by sitting next to it at a red light. You can tear down a big block engine in 26 minutes. You know cars. We can help you find more of them to work on. And together, we can get your small business moving in the right direction. At AT AT&T Advertising Solutions, we have more ways to reach more people. With print, online, mobile, and direct marketing, AT&T Advertising Solutions has local advertising experts to help your small business find more customers. Call 1-800-GET-REAL to learn more. AT&T. Rethink Possible. Hey, I'm Johnny. I'm Gary. And I'm Ricky. And you're listening to 
W4CY because it's the best of radio. And this is Leonard Skinner. There you go. I want to be rich. Oh, I want to be rich. Attention listeners, we are preparing once again for takeoff. So please return your seats as W4CY Radio welcomes back your real estate guru, the traveling investor, Nitsan Mosery. Hey, travelers, welcome back. Welcome back. What a journey we're having today. Talking to Alex Reed, the uh, the first COO of IPIC, a gentleman who went into a company, brought it to America. It was a completely new idea, taking something old and revamping it and making it something completely different and being an incredible success, taking the company from zero to $160 million in nine years. Alex, thanks for being on the show. Highly more. It's fantastic. Thank you. Hi. You know, it's, it, it's awesome. And you know what I love about it? I love that you're, you're a very down-to-earth kind of guy. You know, you're, you're, you're very humble. Oh, well, thank you. You're, 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 you know, very easygoing. Uh, you know, a lot of people in your in your place, you know, uh, would be, you know, in, in a different state of mind than you are. But uh, it, it's it's fantastic yeah. to see um, that someone with with Lisa. yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, I, t- I talk I too much anyway. Over you, with time coordination. But um, the cool, yeah, Alex always been super cool, and um, one of his successes that I'm really proud of is actually his transition from the title and position and kind of the corporate world into starting his own business and his own venture. I feel like that is one of, you know, the bravery of moving into entrepreneurship from the business world. And when we first met after um, he did that move, um, he told me a story about how a lot of the local people and businesses are kind of like suddenly not returning his calls as fast as before. And he kind of openly <laughs> said, like, don't they know who I was? <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> oh, and it's so very true. <laughs> it's, it's funny and it's sad that, that that's how it is, right? When you're up there cool. and you've got the name and the title, people respect it and they're like, yes, okay. But once that, that, that's removed, um, you know, for some reason, they, they, they don't see the person behind the title. It's just a title. Yeah. So you what know about what, though, the respect I, for inter- yeah, entrepreneurship? Yeah. Tell us about exactly. that. I really, I, I actually quite like that because what it does is it, 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 it brings you down to, listen, what is my intrinsic value, right? Any, any mm-hmm. business that's going to stay in business is going to be due to, do you add more value than the next guy? Right. And without the benefit of a, a title and lots of money behind you and people wanting things from you, what it does is it breaks you down and, 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 and you've got to look at things and go, okay, well, I need to now step up and make people call me back. So what is it that I'm offering? And I'll tell you right now, it, will, it makes you a much better, sharper operator that I've found. Now, it's been five months or something. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But um, it brings you down to the elemental level of what is it that I can offer you? How can I make you better off having interacted with me. And that's a really pure, good business standpoint to, to, to go from, I think. And so, listen, people don't call you back. Well, that's fine. You know, what are we going to do to scrap and fight to get in the door to get what we want? And, and, it, and it's got to be what do you give? And I think that's fantastic. Yes, yes, that's, that's, that's definitely the way it's, it's got to be done, right? You, you, and, and, and I like, you know, reading your bio here. I like the fact, you know, that, that you stepped away from the iPad to go and to chase after your passions, you know. And, absolutely, yeah, uh, and you, absolutely. And you created the, uh, the Felix mission. We did. Right? The, the Felix, Felix Productions yeah. and so forth and in 2017, you know, it, it's... It's one thing to go out and to get a job and, and, and to, to build a company and to, and to do great stuff, and that's fantastic. And, and, and everybody should feel that, that uh, sense of achievement in that, in that field, in that world. Uh, but when you turn around and you say, you know what, I, I, I've done that, I'm, I'm successful. Now I'm going to, you know what, I'm, I'm actually going to go after my heart now. I'm going to go out and right. I'm going to see, I'm going to go after my passion. And that's, you know, that, that's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing step to take. It's a scary step as well, right? You're yeah. going into an yeah. unknown, like we just said, your, your title, so no one knows that title passion? anymore. Yeah, what is the passion? What is Phyllis? Wait, tell us about that. Mm -hmm. so, so the, you know, I mean, did, did the corporate thing for, I don't know, 18 years or something and, you know, nine years in America and um, the, you, you learn so many things, right? I mean, you know, I, I'd never, before I got to America, I'd never presented at a board meeting um, you know, all sorts of stuff. You just, you grow up and you learn and you, you develop and you realize what's important and what's not and, and like, like we all do. But one of the things that I realized was that, um, you know, Peter Drucker once said, and I said this all the time, but it's true. He said the purpose of a business unit is to create a customer. The purpose of a business, therefore, all you need to create a customer is marketing and innovation, right? So if you take those two things, marketing and innovation, they're very core, they're very simple, and they're both actually two sides of the same coin. There's one is internal, one is external. So I looked at that and I thought, you know, the power in a company is the value of its people. And I kept coming back to that time and time and time and time again. You know, we had um, very good attrition rates where I was... Well, in my in my last position, but 
you know, they can always be better. There's always communication gaps. And I remember reading a story by, um, in one of, in one of Stephen Covey's books, uh, the eight, uh, it was the eight habits. So there was seven habits of highly effective people. And then he wrote mm-hmm. the follow-up book, the eight habits. And in that book, he tells the story about how, um, a survey company had come in and, and surveyed 23,000 employees across different industries, different companies, all full-time, and asked them some specific questions about the company they worked for and how good they were, et cetera. And it came back with these statistics, and he said, look, in order to understand statistics, you have to look at them in a real-life example or tell a story. So he put it in, in what he called the soccer story. And the statistics out of these 23,000 people basically said that if you liken them to a soccer team, what these stats are showing you is that only four out of the 11 players on any given team, if your company was a soccer team, would know which goal was this. Four out of 11. Think about that. Hmm. And one out of five of the players would be enthusiastic about what the goals of the company were or the goals of the team. So only one in five would be enthusiastic about, you know, and only 20% or one in five, again, look at my math, would be um, trusting their organization. And I, I, that resonated with me. I thought, you know what? It's so much about trust. I'm a guy that came from a background where I had a big title and people wouldn't tell me the truth because of my title, not because of me necessarily, but because of the institution around it. And so, you, you know, the hardest part about my old job was that I really, I, it was very difficult for me to get to the, the, the truth of the problem. And, and if you can get to the truth of the problem, it's funny, Google did a survey um, where they, they looked at, high-performing teams, right? Google are fantastic about this sort of stuff. They, they look at high-performing teams because they do a lot of teamwork, and that's the way they're structured. So they thought, well, listen, why don't we get all the best performers from each team and put them onto one team? Wouldn't that be amazing? So they did that, and lo and behold, it was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and so they looked at it like, well, why is it a disaster? Because it's not necessarily the people on the team, but the makeup of the team and the goals of the team. So they did a study and they, they thought, well, what, what are the attributes that make up a successful team? And the number one thing that they came back with was this thing that they called psychological trust. That is the number one key to a, a high-performing team. And what it basically means is, do I feel comfortable or safe to say things that others disagree with make mistakes, um, or say what I really think, even though it might not be popular, right? If you have that in an organization, then you have free-flowing thought. And what is free-flowing thought? Free-flowing thought is innovation because that's what's born from it. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. saw this at IPIC because, you know, you go from one employee to, I think we had three, we had three and a half thousand when I went, um, late last year. So, you know, yeah. that's a big change, right? And, and the company has got to grow. And, and the whole thing is always, listen, how do you grow but maintain what made you, you know, fun and unique in the beginning without getting too sort of cookie cutterish and, and, and unique? And the, the answer is people and culture. If you can hold on to your culture, then you can position yourself in any which way possible as long as that culture has great values. And people talk about culture all the time. They go, well, yeah, we understand that culture is important, right? You say to anybody in any company, is culture important? Yes, it is. What is a bad culture bad? Yeah, it's terrible. But to quantify that and to really point to 
why is bad culture bad or good culture good and what does it affect? You know, we've all heard the stories about Zappos, but mm-hmm. what is it? It's very difficult to quantify. It's not like tracking payroll on an income statement or you're dealing right. with people. And that's a great, and that's a great uh, topic because um, Apple created an incredible culture around their company. They did. And, and, and they have loyalty of, of consumers, even though they're not the best product out there. People will die and they will stand behind the iPhone and Apple product. Right. Because of the culture and, that they built. Yeah. yeah and so the I reason why. When you start a new, yeah, sorry. When you no, start no, no, a new yeah, company, how do you trickle down the passion that started the company in the first place behind the, the initial person? How do you grow that passion well, across your organization with time it's a great it's a great question and it's and the the number one thing i'll tell you is that it's difficult but it's absolutely doable and the mistake people make and this is exactly why i started felix this is this is the reason right here is that people companies are under the misapprehension that culture is not a strategy Right. Culture is seen in, in, in many different companies. And I say this from personal experience because <laughs> I've talked to many business owners. I've talked to many C-level uh, management people. And obviously, I've done a lot about managing myself. And culture, as ubiquitous as, as it is, 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 tends to be seen as something that can't be controlled. It's something that kind of just happens based on the people that you have bringing into the, into the corporation. And that's false. You can absolutely strategize, direct, and harness the power of culture by harnessing the communication channels and the story with which your culture is built on. It's funny, before I got on and I was listening to you guys talk and Limor said that, you know, um, uh, that Easter is the story of, you know, rebirth and it's all about Mm -hmm. the story of Jesus and and all this stuff. And, And then, you know, and you're right. Stories are what make things or make cultures happen. And so what we do at Felix is we go, look, there is what we call the culture gap. So we'll go into a company and and, and generally companies call us because they've got high attrition or they've got bad morale or their productivity is bad, something like that, right? And they're symptoms of, of a culture. And what we do is we say, look, we can apply metric data to your culture right now. We ask 10, we, we, we focus on 10 different areas, right? Trust is one of them. Uh, do you feel supported is another. Do you enjoy your work? Do you see room for growth? Very, very important for millennials. Um, and we, we ask the employees, but we do it as a third party to, to rid the problem of that trust thing, you know, because I don't want my manager knowing what I said about him because that, you know, then I might be in trouble. So we do it as a third party. It makes the data a lot more real. Because people, will, people would much prefer to tell a stranger the truth than they would their boss, right? We all know that. So we come in and then we, we talk to the owners of the company. And we say, okay, what are your goals? What is your story? What are you trying to achieve? I.e., why did you get in business? Why did you start this business? Because we all know, entrepreneurs out there, you all know that if you started a business, it was very painful. It was very scary. And you took massive amounts of risk. So there must have been something very compelling to make you want to do that. And generally, that's what Simon Sinek would call the why. So we ask the why question. Why did you start this company? And we always get answers like, um, because 
I wanted to make a difference in people's lives because I saw, uh, you know, and I thought this industry was lagging and it was time to disrupt. I wanted people's interactions to be better. There was a better way. Um, my father used to do this and I wanted to bring it back, whatever, right? But they're always good, compelling stories. And then we match. We take that story. We go, okay, cool. So there are your goals. Do your company goals align with your story? Yes, no. Sometimes they don't. Oftentimes they don't. And then we look at the survey results of, of the employees who are executing that vision and we look for the gap, right? And there's always a gap. It might be really large in a dysfunctional company or it might be very small, like at a Zappos. But within that gap, that culture gap, which is basically the difference between a company's goals and a company's actions, um, there is massive value because of the soccer team. If you have employees, four out of 11, that only know what the goals of the company are, you're not going to be very efficient. Those employees aren't going to be very happy and you're going to have a lot of attrition because they're going to leave eventually and attrition is really expensive, way more than many companies think. And so we want to give you that value back. So we look at it and we go, well, you've got a massive trust issue here. The employees don't feel like they can say what they really feel and that's a problem because if they don't say what they really feel, you're going to stop innovating and you'll be out of business in five years, maybe 10, depending on how big you are. But certainly if you're a small company, I mean, it's 4% after 10 years of companies that are still in business. That's crazy. So mm -hmm. our whole purpose is, look, you may have a great product. You may. But I've seen great products go out of business in five years because they didn't innovate. The only way you innovate in this in this world of exponential growth in terms of technology and ever-changing landscapes is by harnessing the power of your people because your people are able to move with the growth and they will see things that the C-suite CEO cannot see because he's not in a position to. He's not talking to the customers. He's not saying. And if you, if you have a, a culture which allows free thought and ideas to, to flourish and grow, you even have a forum for it then your company will be far more nimble and able to be uh, uh, navigating the, this crazy new economy now, which is, it, it, it's insane. I mean, you know, it, it looks completely different than it did 20 years ago. And in the meantime, your employees will know what the goals are. They may, have, they may be more enthusiastic and therefore do a better job about what you're trying to achieve. And it doesn't matter what you're trying to achieve. It doesn't matter what your story is, but you've got to make sure that everyone in the organization knows what it is. And... Um, and then you can gather that value along the way to the path of innovation, right? So we often say marketing, innovation, Peter Drucker, the only two things in business, two sides of the same coin. The only difference is that marketing, and everyone understands marketing, right? Lee Moore understands marketing. She does it all the time. She's very good at it. And she would, would, would I'm, I'm assuming Lee Moore will agree with me when I say this, but marketing is basically the story that a company tells about a product or a service. Well, culture yeah. is, okay, so culture is simply the story that a company tells itself about itself. Right. And that's exactly. really important because a lot of people don't understand that. And the other thing is they'll spend $10 million on a marketing campaign on a product. But if they're not spending the same amount of money or putting the same amount of marketing resources into their people, well, then it's a bad investment because... If only four out of the 11 players know what the goals are, then you're wasting $10 million out, outside. And it's the old adage, right? 50% of marketing works. We just don't know which 50%. <laughs> so right. yeah. you're better off putting money into your people, 
right, into your culture because a strong culture will breed everything that you want. It just, it just does it in an indirect way. And that's what we do. And we do it through metric data. We have this amazingly cool platform, which I just love. It combines e-learning with survey data and, and dashboards that any kind of CFO would just sort of drool at. Um, and it, it, it basically opens up transparency to your own company. You know, what are people thinking? Where are they happy? Where are they not happy? What are we going to do about it? And then we give you um, suggestions about how to close those gaps. If you've got a trust gap, cool. Let's just address that full on. Mm-hmm. And the, the platform that like we give you is... It's almost like a surgery Yeah, it's almost it's like a surgery for like Yeah. Lemo, you're absolutely right. It, it is a surgical strike. And it means that you don't, it, you're more efficient in the gaps that you close. And also we, we make sure that Look, I'm a massive fan of, of video communication, just AV. Yes, I'm a cinephile. I've worked in theater for a long time, but there's a statistic out there which just still to this day blows my mind. It says that um, audio-visual, right, so watching mm-hmm. a, a film with, with, with audio, is processed 65,000 times faster than text. So it is yeah. the most efficient way to get your, your point across. And the great thing about it is that if, if we dump a video of the CEO saying, listen, team of 100,000 employees or 10 employees, this is what we're all about. This is what we want you to do. This is who we are. You alleviate yeah. the game of telephone. You know, you, you, you lose the manager telling the next it. manager, telling the next manager, et cetera. It's direct to user. And so there can be no interpretation except for the end employer. And I, 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 there's a book... I don't know if you guys have read this. There's a book called Made to Stick. It was written by the Heath Brothers. And it's just the most perfect marketing book I've ever read. And they've written a bunch of other books. But they tell this example about um, the CEO of uh, Southwest Airlines. And he was famously quoted as saying, um, I could tell you in five minutes, and this guy you know, runs Southwest for 25 years and just completely you know, disrupted industry and amazing. He said, I could tell you in five minutes how to run Southwest. And all it is, is you need to understand what the number one rule is. The number one rule is that Southwest Airlines is the low-cost airline. That's it. Mm -hmm. Right? Once you understand that, you can be successful at Southwest because it's going to dictate the decisions that you make when you work here. You're not going to try and make a decision that's going to get in the way of, are we the cheapest flight from Vegas to Fort Lauderdale or from Vegas to L.A.? Because if we're right. not, then we're not right. doing what we are. Right. And so, then, so, but to have that, the company needs to have a very clear vision statement and a mission yep. statement. Absolutely. Right? And everyone, everyone needs at you. You're so right. And everyone needs. I mean, that and that story, because that is a story, mm-hmm. needs to be told daily. Any yes. chance you get, any chance you get, you got to tell that story. And the best way to do it, listen. We live in social media age now where it's so much easier to tell an audiovisual story to a bunch of different people across multiple different platforms. So utilize that and (laughs) organize it and then get the result. And then through our platform, you'll be able to see whether it's working or not in real time. You'll literally be able to see, listen, trust in our business is actually growing. We can see it. This is amazing. We're on track. And then people, and then then that's momentum. Sorry, go on. Yes. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, oh, from a marketing perspective, I know that um, 
people are really focused on external marketing, but internal marketing is really something that has been neglected. So the video telling, storytelling, brand telling internally um, it has a huge impact. I know that. And there is a whole stream of communications that can basically apply to that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I used to work for a bank uh, in Australia. And I, I remember the first couple of days I was in orientation. Right? They orientate, because of the bank corporate governance, they orientate you for like <laughs> 12 weeks. And I was struck by how, well, this is a bank. They've got plenty of money. Um, and I'm watching their ads on TV to the consumer and they're really glossy and they're great and they're funny and they're uplifting and they're whatever it is that they're trying to, you know, sell. But then the internal content was dry and boring and not nearly as engaging. And, and I thought, and, and I honestly, looking back at it now, I think that's where the whole Felix thing started way back then. I'm talking 15 years ago because mm-hmm. It, it dawned on us that, well, hang on a second. The reason why story is compelling is because you can adopt a story. You can't adopt a, a rule, right? So I can't, you tell me the rule, I either follow the rule or I don't follow the rule. But if you tell me a story, I can either choose to adopt that as my story or I can choose to just listen to it and then let it pass by, right? So a compelling story means that people in your company think that it's their idea and then they're way more effective, because they're, they're working for themselves now. And that's why storytelling or your story is so important. But how you tell that story is equally as compelling because let's be honest, the same principles that apply to you buying a Mercedes Benz or a can of Coke or an Apple computer are the same principles that will allow you to buy into a corporate culture or an idea. They're just not messaged in the same way. And, and we absolutely with the companies that we work for, say, listen, you've got to turn that, that marketing camera around and focus it on your staff because it'll close your culture gap. And there's a wealth of value there, including innovation, which you really can't put a number on. But I'll Absolutely. guarantee you if, you, if you focus on that, then you're going to be in business in 10, 15, 20 years while others die off because they didn't innovate. But it's just, right. it's just marketing, internal and external. And I, I just, I love it. And I'm sorry I'm talking a lot, but I could, I could talk about this forever. No, that's great. That's great. But I do have to stop passion. because we got, we have about four minutes left to the show. And um, uh, Alex, why don't you tell the travelers, uh, for those that want, uh, that need your services and would like to know more and, and uh, would like to check you out, how they can get in touch with you, uh, website, email, so forth. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, so go, go to the website. Um, there's, a, there's a contact page there, and we have two different offices, one East Coast, one West Coast, so don't worry about time frames. Um, What's the web address? The website is www.felix, that's P-H-E-L-I-X, productions.com. P-H-E-L-I-X, productions.com. And um, you can go on there and watch a bunch of diaries about why culture is important or what we do. Um, we do everything from consulting. We do media training for people who aren't used to talking to a camera but want to get involved um, in order to get their message across to their mm-hmm. people in a more efficient manner. Mm-hmm. We do training. Um, we do uh, consulting, as I said, and we do all of the production ourselves. So if you're a company and you need, you want to start investing in some training videos or, um, I don't know, uh, cultural pieces for your company, telling stories, whatever. Um, we have a production facility, so we do all that for you and, and just 
just charge you per content basically mm -hmm. to, to put onto the platform. Awesome. And the platform will be launching in about three weeks' time, and it's backed by a very, very strong e-learning platform. So it's really, really exciting. But it's yeah, it's FelixProductions.com. Beautiful. Alex, thanks so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Congratulations Thank on you your so success. Much, Congratulations on your success with IPIC and with Felix Productions and Travelers. You know, stories. Learn to tell stories. The more, the, the better you get at telling a story, the better at, at telling stories, uh, the more successful you'll become. And I think the better relationships you'll have also with people around you. It's all about sharing and telling stories and passing on information. Um, you know, it's been a great show, Limor. You know, any, any final you, thoughts? Yeah. Any any final thoughts before we go? We got another well, two minutes left. Tying in the holiday theme to storytelling and branding and marketing, I think mm. Jesus or God in general are one of the largest brands that ever existed. And it's all through storytelling from history that carried on and lasted for ages and generations. So talking about branding and storytelling and holidays, I feel like that is the tie. That's right, and multi-level marketing, right? Wasn't there a book uh, that Jesus was a was a great multi-level marketer, something like that? He was right? the yeah. he was the best. Yeah, he went out. He went out, talked to twelve people, right? Mm -hmm. And then they went out and they spread the word, and look what happened. It changed the That's entire. That's social planet. media. That's totally social media. That is social media. media. <laughs> <laughs> That's social but the story media. Story was compelling. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, it was fantastic. Well, Alex, you know, we will definitely uh, love to keep uh, keep talking to you in the future. See how Felix is going, and uh, travelers. Yeah, yeah, travelers. It was amazing having you guys here. We we had a great show. Uh, tune back next week, same time, same place, um, and go to if you, if you miss this show or, or if you want to catch it again. You can go to iHeart.com, go to the podcast section and type in The Traveling Investor, and you can listen to this show or any other past shows around. Thanks for being on the show, and we will see you from next week from somewhere on Spaceship Earth. Wow, what a great show. Are you excited to learn the untold secrets of how to get wealthy? Then tune in next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern right here on W4CY Radio. You, too, can learn how to become a traveling investor. If you missed any part of this episode or want to hear it again, go to the Traveling Investor Podcast on iHeartRadio. You can listen to all past episodes on demand 24-7. Next week's episode will take us somewhere new and exciting, so don't miss it. Thank you for listening. I wanna Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.